Hey everybody, this is Aid, and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This week we have hit episode 18 and we got all sorts of good treats for you, uh, including something on technology, uh, some big shout outs, and of course my good friend and podcasting buddy, Graham. How you doing, mate? I'm great, thank you, mate. It's good to be back here again. Um, quite, it feels quite a weird... Uh, return to normality after the last few weeks of having guests and all the photo keener stuff going on and us going off to London. It's been just go, go, go. And it's, oh, it feels quite calming to just suddenly go, oh, we can just talk about normal photography stuff now for a little bit. Uh, we've got loads to talk about tonight, so I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Cool. And uh, if we are sitting back and relaxing, I mean, of course, all the audience now know that you're a big fan of a cup of tea. Have you got a cup of tea with you? You know, I haven't, but the moment you said it, I'm instantly thinking, God, I could really do with a cup of tea. Oh, well. I can make jingle jangle noises at you, if you like. <laughs> they were barely noticeable, I'm sure. That <laughs> clunking sound. Well, you know, we only, yes, but it was it was good. It was uh, good to be able to, to do a live recording and put that in. I uh, hope we haven't scared too many people away with that. Uh, but this year, this week, as you say, uh, back in the studio. Well, you know, you in your house and me in mine and a bit of a Skype line between us. And uh, so I think we're going to start off with uh, the hashtag I invented the other day. I don't think I've ever invented a hashtag. Um, and so I'd love everybody that listens to this to use it as plentifully as possible. Um, this is hashtag Sunny Sixteen Selfie, all as one word, which I thought actually went quite well for our little selfie challenge that we've gone at the moment. And uh, Graham, you've got a bit of an update on that for us, have you? Well, yeah. I mean, really, there's because uh, it's not long ago since we last spoke because we recorded it quite late last week so it's been a brief catch up on some of the comings and goings and um i, I i'm really pleased that there's been some yeah good strong um and well not entries that's the wrong word because it's not a competition but some good p- participation um on instagram this week Corey cannon um pinhole cannon put up a fantastic uh, unsurprisingly pinhole selfie uh, that he'd actually shot on infrared film so he was really going for the ticking all the niche boxes there and it, the pinhole is a perfect self-portrait medium because he was able to set the camera up open the shutter amble around to the other side of the I think it was a, a water feature or a, a flower bed that he was stood behind stand in front stand behind it for I don't know, five seconds, long enough to register on the film and then amble back again and close the shutter. Um, So it really gets away from the problem that a lot of um, analogue cameras have. If they don't have an automatic timer, it can be quite hard to do much with them because you can't really get um, the remote controls in quite the same way that you can with digital cameras. Uh, And you can get some really long bulb releases, though, can't you? Have you ever seen those, Aid? I don't think I've ever seen a really long one. I mean, I, I, I have one. Um, it's probably only about I don't know eighteen inches long, or maybe only a foot long. But uh, uh, can I? Yeah, can is that a yeah. thing? Can you get yeah. really? How how long are we talking here? I think I think you can get some like really good long. I have a feeling I've seen some not that don't work by cables, but actually work in the, the real bulb sense of it, by using an, an air bulb on the end that you squeeze and. Um, yeah, I may have to look uh, look into that because that would definitely make life easier with some of the stuff. I um, I had half an idea to try and get a self-portrait with Ronald and very quickly realised that that was half of a very stupid idea. Um, <laughs> Which half okay. was it? <laughs> um, it was the arse half of a stupid idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the other spectacular, I mean, I, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about mine briefly in a little bit, but... You put some great stuff up yesterday. You have been doing some proper art, artistically uh, clever work with your new camera. Oh, well, you're too kind, sir, too kind. I, it was actually Corey's efforts that, that spurred me on. Uh, I thought, you know what, if 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 in the name of a, a little challenge like this, uh, he can go and do infrared pinhole self-portraits, I can make a bit more effort than taking a shot of myself in the garden. Mm-hmm. 
So I dug out some equipment and uh, found a spot in the house uh, and uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a go at this. If I burn through a whole pack of Instax film, then so be it. In the name of art on the Sunny 16 (laughs) podcast, I shall make that sacrifice. And uh, it helped that the wife was out. And so I, <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. I'm bored. What can I do? Well, this seems like a good idea. So yeah, it was great. Uh, this was a couple of nights ago, and I yeah, you know, I thought, you know, what? I I um, you know, I, I'm going to do this, and because of course I'm trying to learn how to take photos with that Instax camera at the moment, anyway. Because, to be honest, I haven't really been impressed with uh, with what I've had out of it to date. And I thought, actually, this this will be um, a good opportunity to try and do something. And again, I mean, the, 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 the camera does actually have a self-timer on it, and that's fine. But there is also an element of standing still, because it has a very small aperture. Uh, and uh, so even though Instax film is 800 ISO, it still was, you know, um, not the sort of not not a freeze frame shutter speed. Let's say is it, that is it f twelve point seven or something? Uh, if, uh, yeah, yes, good memory. I think it is exactly that. We talked about that at some length with Chris about the Leica, <laughs> yeah. didn't we? So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, somewhere uh, it, it's it's that, uh, and it, it has the ability to flex the shutter speeds, but it's uh, it it's not the most sophisticated of cameras for low light shooting and what i did is i turned all the lights down in my living room there happens to be a a, a mirror in our living room uh just hanging on the wall as mirrors do and uh so i thought you know what i'm going to try and do some creative lighting on the instax and i'm going to you know and i'm going to switch off that nuclear flash and so i had a i had a run at it uh, you know, I got out uh, just a single light, um, but it's uh, because there's no way of triggering a flash off the Instax camera. Had to be uh, a, con- a constant light, so I have an, an LED light uh, which I used. Stuck it on a light stand and, and started moving it around. Played with me being a silhouette, settled on me being a reflection in a mirror, and uh, then tried a few different flavors of that. Um, that uh, as often happens with these things, I you know, you shoot a, a good number of photos, and it's one of the earliest ones that comes out best. Um, on the the pixelated photographer forums in the in the thread for the Sunny Sixteen selfies, um, I think the thread's called something like "Reclaim the Selfie." Uh, I, I posted not just the one that was my uh, preferred outcome of the session. Uh, I also posted uh, a little montage of, of half a dozen others that I took. I think I only took seven photos in total. But uh, I thought I'll do that thing where you show all your workings. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'll just sort of give people a, a, you know, some sense, of, some insight into the process or, or at least some insight into the mistakes I made anyway. <laughs> Well, no, I think that's great because otherwise it, you're going to be like so many of these other um, great photographers of our time where we just see those one perfect moment captured and we don't see the contact sheets where actually, you know, lots of work went into it. Um, so it's good that you're being upfront on this and, you know, just showing, no, no, look, I had to put work into that. I, I love doing things like that. I think it's the one thing that is, for obvious reasons, harder to do with film than it is with digital. I remember many years ago um it it was for one of the pixelated photographer uh, assignments which um you used to do every month and they've sort of stored a bit at the moment because just haven't had time to keep on top of them but i think the assignment topic was um forced perspective so forced perspective is that a uh, visual trick where you take a picture with um very wide depth of field so you have something that's very close to you and very small and something that's far away and very big and it makes it look weird I suppose the best examples you can think of are those ones where you see people holding the sun or putting their finger on top of the Eiffel Tower or something like that holding up the leaning tower of Pisa exactly yes so what my idea was for this picture was that um, I had this little toy robot mech thing and i had that in my house my garden is quite small i had that in my house on the little table with the camera right in front of it uh on the self-timer because i didn't have a remote shutter i only had the self-timer and it was nighttime and the only light source i had was this sort of small builder's floodlight thing and so i was firing this uh uh 
timer, running out into the garden, throwing myself onto the floor and trying to pose as if this robot was attacking me. <laughs> so I just spent an entire evening running in and out of the house, checking on the back. Okay, no, that looks dumb. I'm in the wrong place. In and out. And um, and you can do that with digital. Um, I'm pretty sure my neighbours were strongly considering calling either the police or the, the local lunatic asylum. Um but it's hard to do that with film because you can't check to see if you're in the right place or not. And you can't um, you can't just keep taking pictures ad nauseum because you'll waste a fortune. That said, I did today do basically that. I was uh, at work today and there was this chair sat in the garden. I thought, oh, that'd be a cool thing to take a picture. I thought, oh, actually, I'm going to sit myself in there and take a picture. So... I just had my little um, Nikon L35, Nikon, whatever. Nikon. Um, Nikon L35AF2 with me, the one, the one with the uh, interesting approach to winding itself on. And I stuck it down on the floor. Um, I can't, couldn't see what was really in the frame because once it's on the floor, I can't see through the viewfinder. Um, set the self-timer, sort of ran over. And I think I, I did end up taking about three or four shots because the first one was like, is the uh, counter on? Is the counter and leaning right forward? And then, of course, it went off. It's like the comedy scenes when you see people having their um, pictures taken in the photo booths. But um, we'll see how those come out. I'll make sure I get that film finished and developed before the end of this project runs out. That's, uh, it's interesting. Do you know, it's just occurred to me. I don't know why this didn't occur to me years ago, but you've got an absolutely ready-made list of photographic locations, haven't you? Because you go to different people's houses every day and hang out in their gardens and... And stuff like that. That that that's like a a dream situation for photo locations, surely. Well, it is, except that unless you're taking pictures of the flowers in them, there's not that much else there to take pictures of. So if there are people there, great. But well, there what aren't. you want is you want some sort of young lady model slash business partner, don't you? Yes, uh, yes, I do. Who prefers prefers to garden in nice summer dresses or picturesque (laughs) fun fur coats or something like that? You know, get that Richard Avedon look. Yeah. You know, that's what you want. I mean, no, don't tell Sinead, obviously, but. Yeah, no, she she may not go down too well on that idea. It's um, I mean, she did come and help me at work once, and I did take some pictures of her then while she was at work. <laughs> but I said it was a really hot day, and she mostly looked really hot and bothered by being at work. Um, so it wasn't quite the British Avedon look. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. It is, it is that frustrating thing of being in a really beautiful spot, but not being able to to make the best of it. Um, because, yeah, they are great locations. I mean, I'm really lucky. Some of the spots I work at really are lovely, but nothing there to take pictures of. Don't. Hmm. Must try harder. Must try harder. I know, harder. I know. Oh, well. I think there's there's a few selfies being posted, aren't there? Um, and uh, have you got uh, uh, any notable mentions to make? Well, no, I, th- I, think, I think this week, uh, so far, Corey is the one that's popped up that's most caught my eye. People were... Hmm, what would the right word be? Taken aback, delighted, uh, horrified by one of my selfies that I shared because I put a couple up this week. Um, they were both ones I taken. It's been it's been noted. Those, it's been those, noted. I, I think I think those are possibly the mentions I was digging for, but I oh, wasn't going to bring it up myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, there were a couple. Yeah, the first one I put up was um, a selfie i took with a pinhole camera whilst driving a car so i'm sure actually while driving my van i'm sure that was uh perfectly legal and safe um and all i got in was my chin basically my chin and my hand um but you know it's a good it's a good strong chin i always think that I, that picture really makes me look like george clooney <laughs> it, it does yes <laughs> as long as you're not saying it think you make it look like george clooney's chin <laughs> <laughs> Could be a bit of George Clooney, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one was the one I took with my uh, Yashica 635 TLR, which is just a lovely mirror reflection selfie um, with me looking. <laughs> there was a slight issue with it, if I remember correctly. Um, oh, there was some dust on the neck, wasn't there? You're right. So that, That's true. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was thinking more of the composition rather than the technicality. But yeah, OK. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it certainly it did inspire um, 
some comments. I think because I, I was using up the last roll of film on the frame, as is so often the case with my selfies, and I, I, I didn't have a top on at the time because, you know, I'm a child of nature. I had the bottoms on, I assure you, although you can't see it in the picture, but, you know, you just have to take my word for it. Or did I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was really going to have to put the explicit tag on this episode now. <laughs> Is You're painting a, pictures with words, and they're not very good pictures. Is there an upsetting tag that could go on it? Um, but yeah, so uh, the, the fact that uh, my torso—I mean, to be honest, you can barely see it because the picture is so badly exposed. Um, it's very dark, uh, but it's black and white, and the negative's dirty, and it's poorly exposed. So basically, it's art, and so it's all right to show skin when you've got art going on. That's that's the theory I'm working along uh all right okay uh, on that basis i i guess we'll, we'll let you have that one we will let you have one i you know uh, i i am an ad- i don't want to get into forum administrator wars with you where i delete it and you reinstate it and i delete it and you reinstate it <laughs> uh it could happen it could easily happen so okay all right so there we go everybody uh the the target to beat is a an, an infrared pinhole selfie uh, from Corey, uh, a lit artistic mirror selfie from me. You're looking very moody again in your mirror selfie. You I, really do have a default, you, you know. It looks almost, um, that picture of you looked almost Halloween-y. It looks quite a spooky look to it. I was going for a, you know, dramatic lighting. I didn't think, I don't think I was particularly going for Halloween lighting, but maybe that's just, you know, the, what my face brings to it naturally. Yeah, ghoulish, I think is I the word. I don't have a very, uh, I don't have a very photogenic grin. Um <laughs> Uh, so you know the 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 moody ones make me look a little bit more normal. Maybe I'll try a smiling one at some point. I don't know. We'll see. Well, when we get that role picture from my role of film developed, then trust me, the world will see your smile. Well, there we go. There we go. There's uh, something for everybody to look forward to. There. Okay. So yeah. So there we go. There's 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 you know Graham's half naked artistic shot, uh, my moody mirror selfie, and Corey's infrared pinhole selfie uh though that's that's what sets the the yardstick to beat uh we're going to run this for oh probably a couple more weeks aren't we graham yeah at least one more week and um yeah we will see where we're at then but because obviously the, that's the one downside with film photography is there's always a bit more of a lead time because people need to finish rolls of film up and get them developed so we're going to give you a bit more time yet before we move on to uh the next exciting idea that uh ambles through my head um but yeah, I would really love to see more of these because it's great fun seeing them. And I, I, I don't know about you, Aid, but I do find that the self-portrait like that can just be a really good, fun playtime. I mean, like you were saying, you had that time because your wife was out to get and do something like that. And when I was mucking around with that picture that I was talking about in the past, trying to do the forced perspective, there's been numerous occasions like that where... I've used myself as a model because there's been nobody else around either because I've just wanted to try out a technique or I've um, had an idea in my head that I wanted to try and do. And I I find it can be great fun, but it is a bit more tricky with film just because you can't see the fruits of your labour and you have to wing it a bit more. You're right. It is more difficult on film and that's what makes it fun. And that's why we want everybody to try just that little bit harder. And to help, maybe to help, don't know, um, after this short musical interlude, um, I'm going to do a little segment on how I actually made my own selfie. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for an instalment of our occasional segment, Gear, what I found in the back of my drawer of the week, which I used in this case to take the selfie that we were talking about before the break. Uh, I hope uh, those of you uh, who are listening to this have actually been able to to see it. It is in our uh, Flickr group, uh, Sunny16 Podcast. It is also in the selfie 
thread on the pixelated photographer forums i uh, can't remember if i've yet posted it to instagram but maybe i should do that as well well i'll certainly make sure it's up on the um, sony 16 photo instagram page so people don't have to sort of go back to our feed and have a look but it'll definitely be there when they come when they hear this okay well i'll start out with a, a high level description uh, it is uh, a fairly sort of dark and moody harshly lit photograph uh the primary subject in the photograph is is a, a silver framed relatively ornate uh, framed mirror uh, which just so happens to hang in my living room and then uh, reflected in that mirror you uh, is me uh, and uh, but you can't see me stood in front of the mirror I, I set it up with angles so that you only see the reflection of me that not not as it were the real me um, and what you ha what I was aiming for was was a, a moody feel and yeah I think to an extent I've achieved that uh, it uh, my my face is partially lit it's more lit on the side than it is uh, uh, the front of my face although uh, it has caught the end of my nose which is a little technicality that if I'd had 25 packs of Instax and yeah, all day I probably would have tried to correct that um, but I'll let it go for now uh, but it's a, a little feature nonetheless uh, and uh, this is all done with one light. Specifically, it's done with one LED light because the Instax camera has no way of triggering uh, an external flash. It has a flash built in. Well, sorry, let me qualify that. I could use the built-in flash uh, to trigger uh, a speed light that has an optical slave in it. Uh, but it, the built-in flash, as you've heard me say more than once, is a, is a little on the nuclear side. I, I've actually uh, taped over it now with uh, some uh, a paper napkin so to take a, a stop or two off the flash, uh, but that and that helps. Um, but I, there was no way that I could have used that uh, built-in flash to trigger a, a speed light without actually sort of having it shine into the photo as well and it would have changed the lighting in the photo and I didn't want that so what I was using was uh, an LED light that I have uh, that I've had for a good couple of years actually um, and uh, something that I found in the back of my drawer now uh, I often listen to Graham uh, you know uh, making shutter sounds and uh, you know film wind on sounds down the microphone uh, occasionally he even uses a camera to do that um, <laughs> most of the time just beatboxing <laughs> they all I can do all I can do for you there's a little clicky sound so I'm just going to try and record the clicky sound of me turning on this light <laughs> <laughs> it's audio gold <laughs> Okay, all right. So it's not. This is what you miss. This is just This is what you miss with the modern flashes on things. Is that you don't get that that you get on the old cameras when you turn when the when the flashes are powering up. I love the flash wine of old cameras. It's the best noise. It certainly is better on the older flashes. The reason for that is that they uh, some of the older flashes use much higher voltages, so they actually had uh, a lot more charging up to do. Um, modern flashes are in, in that regard a lot uh, less in that sense they use a lot less powerful the light they put out is 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 very powerful but they use a lot less electricity to do it um, and uh, they do mine still I, I have a, a drawer full of uh, speed lights uh, Yongnuo speed lights from uh, you know cheap Chinese ones which I think are amazing uh, and uh, they all make a good whining sound and then they do a little beep when they're fully charged um, so, so you, you t the 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 order of noise in a photo is is the click of the shutter, then it, and then beep beep. But they all charge up at different rates, so it just goes beep 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 beep. beep. <laughs> but hey ho, um, that's not what I was doing in this case because I was using a continuous light. So the 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 light in question, uh, for those of you that like to look things up and and for those of you that like to write the show notes, is called a Manfrotto. ML840H. Okay. Snappy name. Every, everybody got that? <laughs> uh, made by Manfrotto, a company that I like. I, I, I always think Manfrotto make really good higher-end consumer gear. I'm not sure that they make a lot of pro gear, to be honest. Um, uh, but uh, for an enthusiastic amateur like myself, it actually the, the, the quality versus cost uh, quotient for Manfrotto stuff tends to work quite well for me. 
Um, and this is a, a light, an LED light. Um, it's about the size of a six by four photograph. Uh, and so you've got you know, a, a lighting surface that is about six inches by four inches. And into that, I think they've packed, I think they've packed 84 LEDs, which is why it's called the ML840. Um, and uh, the H in the name is, is, is for the word hybrid. And it's a slightly odd light. You, you, there's not many around that do this, but um, it acts as an LED and it puts out whatever oomph it puts out as an LED light. And it's, you know, it's flicker free and it, I think it's 5600 Kelvin. So it, it's, it's a daylight light that it puts out. And, uh, but it also can be triggered as a flash and it will, it will flash two stops brighter than its brightest continuous light setting. So how do you trigger that? Uh, I, you, you need remote, you need radio triggers to do it. Um, there is a you know there's an input jack in the light itself. Um, I found uh, before I started using the Yongnuo flashes, which give you loads of control over the level of light over me, uh, over different groups of flashes, um, but via radio from the camera. Uh, I used uh, some much more basic triggers uh, by a company called Photix. I, th um, I think they might be a Polish company. I mean they sell all over the world. Um, and they were just simple, you know, you put the trigger in the hot shoe and when you take a photo, it shoots and then it's, you know, the receiver picks it up and, and, and you know, um, triggers the light. Um, and so I've still got some of those. I don't use them very often anymore, apart from with this light uh, occasionally. And uh, they work very well indeed. I'd, I'd recommend uh, both brands, actually, I've just mentioned, both the, the, the Photix uh, flash triggers and the Yongnuo systems. Uh, both of them very affordable, uh, especially co when compared to some of the uh, the bigger brand names, and especially when you compare them to speed lights from manufacturers like Nikon and Canon, uh, who charge enormous amounts of money for their lights. <laughs> you can buy at least four Yongnuo lights for the price of the entry level Nikon speed light. <laughs> well, yeah, that's quite a substantial difference, isn't it? Yes, which, so, is, which is why I have a whole drawer for them. <laughs> yeah, like... so. I like the sound of these LED lights um, because I am no good at all at artificial lighting stuff. And because I've never done it, I've not, uh, well, I've done it, but in a very limited capacity. And what I like about these LED lights is that you can see what you're lighting, you can move it around and you can adjust things. Um, can can you get sort of cheaper versions of the the Manfrotto ones? The Yong Yong You speak that like a native, mate. Thanks. <laughs> it's a Welsh company, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. We'll ask Chris. Because <laughs> what I like, because we had the they I had a look at some of these uh, LED Manfrotto lights when we were in town last week uh, in London, and. Um, you can adjust how bright they are, and with some of them, you can even adjust the tint of the color as well, the color temperature, and all of these fancy things. And I really like the look of that. But they're not the cheapest things around. Um, I, I actually own some LED lights. Um, I bought them from Lidl, uh, which is a very low-cost supermarket here in the UK. And basically, they're just like little mini strip lights you're supposed to tuck underneath your kitchen work surfaces to throw some light. They're so weak that you have to hold them about mm, an inch away from your subject for them to throw any light on there. Um, so, yeah, not really fit for purpose. Uh, but the thought was there. So there are some really good ways you can get started with this stuff without having to make a big commitment. Uh, just to see if it's for you. I mean, Yongnuo, who I mentioned, uh, they actually make LED lights as well as speed lights, and you can get uh, you can get one of those for fifty quid on Amazon, brand new. Um, you do then have to buy some batteries to go with it. So that sort of, I had a quick look um, the other day because. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm always, uh, I, 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 in some ways, in a lot of ways, I'm actually more of a gear addict when it comes to lighting than I am to cameras itself or cameras themselves or lenses. Um, I, I don't think you can ever have too many different kinds of lights and light stands and equipment. That's that's where I might, I, I really geek out on that kind of stuff. So I had a look at the Yongnuo stuff, and I think by the time you've bought a, a, a you know. A, probably slightly bigger than a six by four light um, and, and a couple of generic batteries to go on the back of it, you're probably up nearer a hundred quid. But you know what? I've got 
uh, one of the brightest LED lights that I own is actually a torch. Mm-hmm. And it must have cost, and it was a really expensive co- torch. It must have cost about twenty-five, thirty pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you get, uh, you can buy them off eBay really easily. And uh, the one I have, it takes four AAA batteries, so it's not a big thing. It's just, it looks a bit like you know your old-fashioned mini mag lights. Yeah, um, you know, it's made of metal. It's quite heavy, but it's got. Um, uh, the, do they call them lensing LEDs? You know these uh, they they they're LEDs that really do focus the light. Um, and uh, I've got one of these, and it's really bright. It is really bright. Um, I was I, I bought it. Um, my brother tipped me off to it. Now my brother has a dog, and he walks a dog on the common at night, and it's pitch black. <laughs> and he said, and I said, I've bought this really cool torch. <laughs> it's like, you really, you know, it's the best torch I've ever bought. And so I bought one, and it's brilliant. Um, and uh, you could easily use that to get started. Now, the slight downside of a torch, of course, is that it's quite a point of light rather than a, a nice um, sort of large light surface. And uh, what makes the difference between really soft light and really hard light with you know, really hard-edged shadows is the... I'll get this wrong if I'm not careful... It's the relative size of the light to the subject. So if you look at if it's a bright sunny day and you look at your shadow on the ground, it's got really hard edges. And you might say to yourself, well, that's a bit odd because the sun's really big, isn't it? It should be giving us off light. And the sun is really big, but it's quite a long way away as well. So and a torch is the same effect. A torch is, of course, a lot smaller than the sun, but it's also a lot closer <laughs> Thanks for that fact. Yeah, oh. Torch is a lot smaller than the sun. Well, it depends on the torch and the sun. <laughs> and now all I've got is Father Ted and Dougal going around in my head. <laughs> no Dougal. That one is far away. And this one is small. <laughs> anyway. Um, the point being is that the, the torch will give you quite a harsh light source. Now, in the particular shot I, we're talking about right here, I was I was quite comfortable with that because that was the look I was going for. But it's not exactly going to make young ladies look super beautiful. You need you know big soft lights for those kind of situations. But a way you can get in that is if you have um, uh, any, anything that is going to diffuse the light that you can hang in front of it. Um, if you uh, if you could use a, a sheet of tracing paper or baking paper, that would diffuse the light. Um, if you happen to have, uh, because you've done other things, a shoot-through umbrella, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this segment anyway. <laughs> um, but you could you could put it through a shoot-through umbrella like that. And using a continuous light uh, really really helps get to grips with a film you know using lighting with film because you can see what's going on so i would say just start out with a torch um if you can hang something in front of it something thin uh if you've got young children you could use uh you know a baby's uh muslin cloth that you know that you wipe them up with i'd recommend a clean one um uh, if you're a baker you can use baking parchment any of these things can make the light a lot softer and uh then you can play around you can really see what the light's doing um and in the case uh, of the photo that i took uh, that we're talking about there were two things i was looking for uh one is i was i was placing the light so it would light the mirror actually sorry i'll qualify that there were three things i was looking for I wanted to place my light so that it would light the the main scene, the mirror itself, because I wanted to bring out the detail on the frame of the mirror. The second thing I was looking for is that the light wasn't bouncing back into the camera. <laughs> so I think one of the one of the shots on on the little montage I put up on the pixelated forums shows an almost black shot. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that I'd got my light in the wrong position. The light was shining into the mirror, bouncing into the meter of the camera, and the meter's going, oh, it's bright around here, isn't it? I'm going to shut I'm gonna shut down now. <laughs> so, so it turned what should have been a like one-second exposure into you know, a 500th of a second, <laughs> and it came out black, unsurprisingly. So that, so that was the second thing I learned to look for, was make sure that uh, the light isn't bouncing into the camera. And I, uh, I realised it was happening because when I was lining myself up, uh, I was looking, I had to be able to see the camera in the mirror or the camera couldn't see me. You know, like when you're following a truck, when you're driving along the road and it says, if you can't see my wing mirrors, I can't see you. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's exactly that kind of thing. If 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 I couldn't see in the mirror the camera, then I wasn't going to appear in the mirror in the shot. Right. Because <laughs> so, so, but when I looked at the camera in the mirror, I could see if the light was right because if the camera is relatively dark then there wasn't any light reflecting on it. But when the light reflected in the mirror and hit the camera, the camera was really well lit up. It's a beautifully lit camera. It's like a poorly lit subject. Like... So the mirrors make... Uh, I know this is a really dumb question to ask, but excuse the way I'm phrasing it. How good are mirrors as light reflectors compared to, he says, following it up quickly so he doesn't sound like an utter moron, compared to, say, for example, a white sheet or um, something along those lines? I think it, it's a good question. Um, I think that I don't think they make particularly good photographic reflectors, but they do reflect a hell of a lot of light. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the sorts of reflectors that you would use as a photographer, you can bend into shape, um, uh, but they are often quite desi- designed to reflect light in a certain way. So the, the white one will be a fairly soft reflection. A silver one will have a bit of a zing to it. Uh, a gold one is is what you use for all those bikini shots on the beach when you want to make your look, model look sun bronzed at sunset. Um, you know, it, it has a real colour to it, but uh, a mirror doesn't have any of that finesse uh, at all. Um, but what they can do is it can ruin the exposure on your shot. Yeah, so I suppose it sounds like what the mirror is doing is it reflecting things very much as it sees them so you a point a point light source can remain a point light source when bouncing off a mirror whereas if it hits um a white reflector it's going to get scattered far more that's a very good point and led lights usually have a fairly tight beam so that so you know if you have um let's say just a normal light bulb that you'd hang from the ceiling in your house that clearly is putting out light around, you know, almost spherically, um, a and so it has a it has a very wide uh, angle of projection. If that's I don't know if that's a technical term, but it'll do for now. Um, an LED light is a flat, typically a flat surface. All the LEDs are mounted on a flat surface, and it has a fairly narrow beam of light, so it does act like a point source. It does like act quite like a point source. Um, uh, which meant I also had to be careful about lighting me, and that was the third thing. So I was trying to make sure that the mirror was lit, the scene was lit. I was trying to make sure that the camera wasn't blinded, and I was also trying to make sure that part of me was lit. So I had to start. I had to practice standing in different angles, so that I could make sure that part my face was partially lit. I was de- I was you know uh, deliberately aiming to have a partially lit face. Um, not not to make a silhouette to actually so you could actually see the features of my face, but to make sure that there was a you know a, a, a light gradient across my face, if you like, so it was bright on one side and dark on the other. Uh, and so I had to balance those two things. So um, I didn't have to do uh, you know lots of um, you know running around as such because this was all in this. But yeah, I think the the camera was the furthest thing away from me. The light was very close to me. The mirror was close to me. The camera was I don't know three four feet away. Uh, so I just had to take a couple of steps once I was happy with my alignment and uh, press the self-timer button and then I had 10 seconds to get back in position and stare moodily at the camera with the right <laughs> lighting angle. So uh, I'm quite intrigued by this because um, I, as I mentioned before, I, I haven't really mucked around with artificial light in the, the loosest possible terms I have. I've got um, a flash for my digital camera well I suppose it's just a flash it'll work with anything that I've used a few times but in a very limited capacity and I would really like to get better at lighting stuff up um, and the other week last weekend actually the week before I went to try and do some practice with Ronald because I need all the practice I can get with Ronald so the first week I was um, shooting some still lifes and much like you were saying earlier about, well, the wife's away, this is a good time to muck around with this stuff. That's pretty much what I was doing. And with still lifes, there are, the big advantage when shooting a still life at night is that the still life doesn't move, so you can do these long exposures. Uh, the only light source I had, the room was reasonably well lit, um, fairly evenly from above. But the only other light source I had was just this small table lamp. Uh, which I was able to get fairly close to try and 
light the subject up. But then there was nothing else I can do. I think I did put a, a, a mirror on the other side to try and reflect some of the light back, but it was very limiting. And then last week, I actually tried to take some portrait shots with Ronald. And uh, because I've mostly been using the Ilford Direct Positive paper, which, as I've talked about at length, is very slow, that meant that I needed shutter speed times, um, I would say, around 10 seconds, which is a long time to ask anybody to sit very, very still. And, and uh, to begin with, I was having to hold this little lamp as close as I could get it, but that wasn't close enough. And in the end, fortunately, my partner came home, so she was able to hold the lamp even closer to her son, who was the subject of the photograph. Um but anyway, the long and short of it is, uh, I would really like to build up a basic kit, uh, a basic and cheap kit of stuff to make it easier for me to do some of this stuff so that I'm not lifting huge mirrors off the wall and getting table lamps to try and light shots. So what can you recommend for me as some good cheap bits of stuff that I can pick up that will... Uh, expand what I can do um, with my lighting easily. Okay, how about this then? So you mentioned earlier on that you had a builder's lamp. Yes. You still got that? Uh, no, I think that died a horrible death, but they're quite uh, cheap to pick up. I think you can pick one of those patena that's. Uh... So, so I'm picturing here one of the uh, you know a, a yellow metal stand with a halogen lamp on the top of it. Is that the sort of thing you meant? Yeah, that's the kind of deal. the one that I got was actually just a smaller unit than that that was on the ground. But yeah, that's the that's the basic deal. Yeah, very sort of common little thing. Okay, so they're a really good way of getting a lot of light dirt cheap. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, that 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 would give you, um, you know, if if you are using something that is less sensitive, like the paper, and you want a lot of light, those things yeah. are a really good way. And because you can plug them into the wall, you don't have to worry about battery power and stuff like that. Now they're they're not the most versatile of lights because um, they only have uh, you know two settings off and nuclear. Yeah. And uh, you do actually have to plug them in the wall. And I wouldn't want to be taking photos of chocolate um with them <laughs> no they get quite hot i think that's what killed my last one was because it was <laughs> it was when i was mucking around taking those photos. i think it was on for so long uh i think it just blew the glass out the front of it yeah i mean my led one doesn't uh doesn't heat up uh and actually you know does, this one does get a little bit warm but i i turn it off between shots anyway really because it, it's only good you know at full blast it's only good for about an hour and i hadn't charged it for weeks because it had been at the back of my drawer and uh so i i was turning it off between shots and then resetting up you know and then switching it back on again um but you can you can do that sort of thing so they're not the most versatile of lights but they are a good cheap way to get a lot of light you know uh, really really easily um and second to that then you want um something like have you got a clothes area so when, it, when it's raining and you can't hang the clothes to dry outside um yes but i, I it's not one that i think i could easily use it's it's sort of one of the concertina type things which is not a great battle for anything. Okay, well, something that you can hang a sheet over. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, and get your thinnest, oldest, most threadbare white sheet. Um, I'm, I'm working, we, we, we're going to have to work in black and white film here. Got you, yeah. <laughs> so, so that you don't. So, because the thing about those lights is they'll, they, they, those cheaper lights, they will have a, they will have a color, and and it it won't be. Uh, no, it won't necessarily be a nice colour. Uh, and uh, I'll talk about um, uh, CRI in a minute, um, a, a technical element of colour. But the you know they, they'll give you a lot of light, and you can you know hang a sheet or something you know big and thin in front of them, and you've all you've you've got for a very very affordably, you've got a really big, powerful, soft light source. And your still life type views, you could do you could do a huge amount with that as a as a soft light source. So that sounds like a good starting point. I, I've seen. I've um, always wanted some of those lights. I think I watched too many CSIs. 
they're they're really cheap. As you said, you, you pick them up dirt cheap, um, so you should just treat yourself to a <laughs> set of builder's lights. They'll be a lovely feature for inside your house. They're very attractive. Yeah. Um, I've seen quite a lot on places like in the UK, uh, Seven Day Shop, um, these umbrellas being they seem to be fairly cheap um are they a good worthwhile buy early on or am i going to be buying stuff that i don't really know how to use that's going to end up getting shoved in a drawer now i would say that is absolutely the first lighting modifier you should buy so if you can't if you haven't got a sheet <laughs> and you feel the need or you feel the 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 consumer desire to buy a lighting modifier the absolutely first thing you should buy is an umbrella so can I ask a really dumb uh, uh, the great thing about this is that I know nothing so with those umbrellas you're firing the flash into them to bounce it out of them right is that the way those work there are two ways of doing it Uh, that is one of them the other is what they call shoot through so the most basic lighting soft the most basic soft lighting you can get is to use a shoot through umbrella and it's simply a white umbrella um don't buy a photographer's one if you if uh, if well you you can't. They're, they're, a, a really good way to get a good cheap white umbrella is to just go and buy a good cheap white umbrella. You can sell you can buy them on Amazon and eBay. Um, I, we've got several in our house because uh, we we got married outside. This is years and years ago. We got married outside, so we bought a, a half dozen white umbrellas just in case it rained on the day. <laughs> I got married outside and it did rain on the day. We did not have umbrellas. <laughs> Well, the uh, I mean, so so. But having said that, a basic white shoot through umbrella of the photography style, there is a benefit to having it. And the benefit is that the uh, the uh, pole of the umbrella um, is uh, is a fit to go through a light stand, an umbrella, um, an umbrella hole in a light stand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course, as soon as you buy one piece of kit, this is photography after all. As soon as you buy one piece of kit, you have to buy a second one. <laughs> So if you're going to buy an umbrella, you need to mount that umbrella somehow. And typically the way you do that is use a lighting stand with a uh, and you'd have a a light stand uh, with a bracket on it, the top of it to hold your light. And in the bracket, you would typically have um, um, uh, a hole that you put the uh, the my vocabulary is deserting me. Sorry, Uh, the the uh umbrella pole goes through the hole in the lighting stand you clamp it down and then you can you you can move it around and you can shoot through or into uh your umbrella so there's three pieces of kit there (laughs) um even if you're using your builder's lamp there's three pieces of kit there which is the light stand the bracket for the top of it and the umbrella itself um if you're going to use the builder's lights, I suggest you have a shoot-through umbrella. Uh, it takes the least power out, um, and it provides the softest spread. Um, it is not very easy to control, though. So although it is a nice soft light, and the quality of the light is excellent, um, it will go everywhere. So that's not a method of controlling where your light falls. Um, and a, a bounce umbrella can give you a bit more control over that. So typically a, a bounce umbrella is has two layers. Uh, it'll have a black layer on the outside and a, and a white or a silver layer on the inside. It doesn't really matter whether you get the white or the silver. Uh, I can't even remember off the top of my head which one mine is. Um, and that's when you shoot into the umbrella and it bounces back out. That The benefit of that is that you can control the... Uh, the, the 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 spill of the light is naturally better controlled. It's not as it's not as uh, wide as a shoot through umbrella, uh, but you can also uh, collapse the umbrella. So if you imagine there's a light stand with a, a speed light on top of it, and the umbrella is attached to the light stand, you then collapse the umbrella, and it almost like the the speed light is inside the umbrella, mm-hmm. uh, and it's collapsed, and that gives you a really good approximation of a soft box effect, as well. So, and but it makes the light source uh, it still be a softer light source than just a heart, yeah, just a straight light, but it also makes it much smaller, so you can have a lot more control over where the light falls. Right. Yeah. You know. So, uh, which. It might be important if you're taking a photo of somebody and you want their face to be very nicely lit, but you want the light to drop away. You don't really want to see their body past the shoulders. So you want a small, uh, sorry, a soft but reasonably small 
area are covered with your with your nice light and and there are lots of things you can do uh, with that as well i could talk about this stuff for many many hours we could have a whole podcast you know not just a whole episode a whole actual podcast series on this stuff it's a complicated business. It's it's something I want to do more of. The the one last thing I want to ask about, and I, I, this may be something that you don't have any particular direct experience of, um, old camera flashes. There are thousands of them around, and they tend to be uh, bundled in with almost every purchase that you'll pick up, and or available very very cheap. Uh, are they still useful today? Yes and no. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad we so, got that. No, no. So they can be very useful, um, but you have to use them with the right camera. So the older camera flashes ran uh, at a higher voltage. And because of that, if you put them on a modern camera, they can blow back they can blow electricity back down to the camera and fry your camera oh really so i i you you set it up nicely in the question because i don't personally have any experience of doing this so so there will be elements of what i say that might be old wives tales so i'll, I'll caveat it with that i am definitely not the authority on old camera flashes but i i i am told i have read uh, that uh, if you have an old camera flash that runs at a high voltage and a new camera that runs at a lower voltage, you can damage the electronics in your camera. Um, and so what I would say is if you have an old camera that you get as a bundle from an eBay purchase, sorry, an old flash that you get from a, as a bundle from an eBay purchase, um, if it's branded the same as the camera, uh, then you'll probably be, and they, and they are of a similar vintage, then you'll probably be okay to test it with that one. If not, get one of your old throwaway cameras out of the cupboard, um, and you know, throwaway cameras. <laughs> no such thing as a throwaway camera. Well, we all know that you are a camera hoarder. Okay, let's say uh, one of your sacrificial cameras, because you are also a sacrificer of cameras. We know this to be true. <laughs> yeah, the you very, got me there. At the very least, lenses. Um, so get one of your sacrificial cameras and try it out on that. Um, and it, it, if it works, great. Um, but also try and do a little bit of reading on the internet and see just what you know, or or if there's stickers, you know, specification stickers on the flash itself. Just try and get an idea for the voltage, uh, because you might end up in a spot of bother and end up frying your nice cam- your nicer cameras. You won't fry your older cameras. That's the that's the irony of all of this. You won't break your old knackered cameras. What you'll do is you'll break your good new cameras. Well, that's good information to have. <laughs> I, I will be a little bit more careful with that because I know I've got four, five, maybe even six um, flashes of varying vintages kicking around the place, um, and. I've, oh, I think I've maybe used one or two of them in the past many years ago in the most basic fashion possible. Um, but I, I really do want to try and get into using these things more and try and because otherwise, my photographic options are so limited. Uh, I don't have that much time during the day to shoot some at work, and it'd be nice to be able to do more in the evenings. Uh, but that does require light coming from somewhere or me standing very, very still. Okay, well, I'll add one more thing to your shopping list then if you've got those. Uh, I would say buy a hot shoe extension cable. So this is a this is just a, simply a long cable uh, that will have a, uh, a hot shoe on one end and uh, a foot on the other. Uh, and so you put the you, know, you put the foot into the hot shoe on your camera, and then you uh, you have a a hot shoe that can be moved some distance away, and you can actually get your your light off your camera and at an angle, and that will give you far more creativity. Um, it will be a little bit difficult at first with a film camera, of course, to uh, to understand what that light is going to do if you've not done it before. Uh, so my advice there would be uh, pick up a digital camera. Um, and just simply understand what the light is going to do basically um it's through i, I mean i've done 
as you say, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, this is a, a very keen part of my photography hobby for me. So I've done a lot of practicing with flashes over the years. So I can look at a modifier and I can sort of, I can sort of work out, you know, where the light's going to go. But even I get tripped up when I do it with film, um, uh, often in in a very nice way. But I, 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 I can set something up for a small light, a small tight light, or a a large spread light, and I can do that just because I've had the practice to do it. Um, I won't necessarily get it right. <laughs> But I'll get it in the ballpark, uh, which is probably good enough for me, um, and I enjoy it. But uh, you might want to start trying this out with a digital camera, which uh, which is not cheating. It's just accelerated learning. <laughs> That's a very good point. Well, I suppose you could almost, if you had a digital camera with you, you could almost use it in a way a bit like photographers um, used Polaroid backs back in the day to check on their exposure. They put a Polaroid back on their Hasselblad or whatever it was they were shooting, take a shot look at the instant picture to see if the lighting was working and then if it was swap in the film back and away they'd go and you could do more or less the same thing with digital couldn't you it's exactly the same thing just the modern way of doing it um and it has the added advantage you don't have to burn through a whole bunch of film to do it yeah um, you know it's it works it works really well um uh, if it's you know on those occasions when i'm asked to do you know uh photography for somebody be it a a you know uh a shot uh, of grandparents with all their grandchildren together, which I get asked to, asked to do quite often, which of course would require a large spread light because uh, you've got half a dozen people all, you know, and, and the younger ones are all scrambling all over each other. Um, or if it's just simply a portrait of a single person, in which might, in case you might need a, a, a smaller, tighter light, or you might choose to have a smaller, tighter light. Uh, although if it's a lady, I would recommend, regardless uh, of the age of the lady from very young to, to very old, uh, use the biggest, softest light you possibly can. And they will not thank you for using harsh lights on them. <laughs> no, no. Few people do, let's face it. Most of us would prefer a nice soft lighting, especially as we get older. Yeah, the ladies don't take kindly to the sort of craggy sailor light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They just don't enjoy it for some reason. Well, that's hopefully set me up fairly well for the future because, um, yeah, I definitely intend to give this another crack. And now I've got a bit more information and ammo to go forward. So I'll keep you posted on that and we might come back to this again in the future because I'm sure I'll have more questions to ask about it. Uh, you'd be most welcome, mate. I've got a feeling this is a good candidate for uh, another proper face-to-face meetup because I could throw a whole bunch of kit in the car or, or you could come down here and uh, then all the kit is around anyway because um, you could play with this stuff for days, really, days, and I can get out all the stuff that I really get a chance to use and we could play. That sounds, yeah, a fun thing to do. You should definitely do that. Right, well, it's that part of the show now uh, where we move on to our shootouts and shoutouts. Um, I would like firstly to mention a actually a YouTube channel, although it stretches out across the rest of the Internet um, that I've been made aware of recently. Uh, I think I found about it on Twitter where they go by the handle negative FB. And uh, that is short for uh, the full URL of the website, which is negativefeedback.co.uk. This links through to a YouTube channel all about film photography. And I believe it's run by a chap called George Muncy. And uh, although because it's a video thing, clearly it's a team effort. And... uh, George has uh, maybe a dozen or so episodes, video episodes, uh, up on his YouTube channel at the moment that are purely about film photography, the stuff about instant instant film, the stuff about uh, comparing uh, inexpensive colour film, uh, including uh, the classic Agfa Poundland film that we we push a lot um all sorts of stuff that he's got up there and uh you know i've watched a couple of these episodes and uh you know they're great stuff um and you know i hope they do more of it uh and i'd recommend everybody go and have a quick look at negativefeedback.co.uk uh and watch some of the videos graham i understand you've got a couple of shout outs as well 
I certainly have. Um, the first one this week is I want to give a shout out to Mike Padua. Um, Mike makes these fantastic uh, patches and stickers and even lapel and pin badges um, all around um, film photography and analog photography. Uh, the ones I can't remember how I first found out about his stuff but i know i probably saw him on instagram and went through to have a look at his website his website is uh, www.shootfilmco.com so you know he's really making his intentions clear and i was browsing through his stuff and uh, actually found a sunny 16 no light meter no problem patch and when i saw that i was like well I've got to have these. So I, I bought myself one. And I even bought you one as well, which I'll be sticking in the post. They're, they're great patches. He's got loads of different ones on there. Um, he's got some awesome uh, pins. I saw one recently. Um, he's just got a new one come out. And uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's um, a new film photography one. And it just says, you know, art, science, luck, <laughs> um, which really sums it all up. Works for um, me. Yeah. Um, and I, I just realized the other patch I got from this week, I got a um, fantastic film is alive uh, patch with a picture of Frankenstein holding a camera because I really liked it. And it glows in the dark. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> and it's all really nicely packaged and uh, it's all reasonably priced. And he's out in the States and um, sent it over really quickly. Um, so I'm very pleased. And I suspect I will be going back in the future to buy more stuff. Um, and I would definitely recommend people checking him out. Um, so, yeah, his website is shootfilmco.com. You'll also find him at Mike Padua on Twitter and at the Mike Padua on Instagram. And he's well worth following on Instagram as well. I would say. Uh, Mike is my number one challenger for the finding bargains in charity shops and thrift stores um, because he keeps sticking up pictures of stuff he's found real cheap and he's been he's had got his hands on some great bargains lately. Um, so do follow Mike. He's he's a great guy and he has given us a code for our listeners. So. If you um, want to be a real hipster like me and Aid and get a cool patch for your clothes or your bag or your hat or whatever you want to stick it on and go to shootfilmco.com, you can use the uh, discount code SUNNY16, that's the number 16, to get 20% off, Ooh, which is a real bargain. That's very and generous. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I just want to make it perfectly clear that this is not a sponsored ad in any way. I went and found the patches and bought the patches and just happened to get in touch with Mike to say, Hey, these are really cool. Thanks very much for sending them over. And then he said, well, do you want a code for your um, listeners? And I said, oh, yeah, that listener would be one, <laughs> one listener. We're really thrilled about that. Um, but, yeah, his stuff's well worth a look. Even if you don't want to buy it, go and check him out on the website because it's there's just a really fun selection of stuff. I really like I really like the, um, the tone of the stuff there. Uh, it's great. Um, the other person I want to say a huge thank you to this week is to Bill Owens. Um, after the comments made last week about the show notes getting better, and we also we talked about a lot of different bits and pieces last week, along with our trip to London and all the places we visited and uh, the stuff from Photokina. And this week, Bill went through, I think he said he was sat bored at an airport and he put together the most extensive show notes that uh, I have ever seen for any podcast ever. Uh, so if you go to the Pixelated Photographer Forums this week and look for the episode 17 show notes in the Sunny 16 podcast section, you will see the most exhaustive show notes ever. Um, and that's all thanks to Bill. I'm kind of hoping that Bill might do more show notes for us in the future because he's way better at it than I am. Um, but we'll just have to cross our fingers on that. Um, but yes, thank you very, very much for that, Bill. Uh, it definitely makes it well worth people going over to the forums and looking at those show notes um, because, yeah, you, there was stuff in those show notes which I was like, oh, I'm learning something from these. Arguably, these show notes are more informative than our podcast was. So it was great. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, thank you very much, Bill. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at the list right now on the screen in front of me and the stuff in the show notes that I didn't I don't think was even in the show. 
<laughs> I mean, clearly it must have been, otherwise Bill wouldn't have put it in. But, uh, you know, he's he's dug out a load of links uh, for pretty much everything, uh, I think, that we, we mentioned. Uh, you know, even, even uh, I briefly mentioned that uh, Bill Eggleston had the first colour photographic show at MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And, and Bill has even found online at MoMA.org uh, a PDF file of the press release for that show from 1976. That's just genius work, Bill. Uh, thank you ever so much. And of course, there are other people we always thank every week. Uh, we'd like to thank Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com who is now hosting uh, ever more content than before thanks mostly to to Bill uh, and to the uploading of some selfies Uh, thank you Chris for all your help and support and Kevin McLeod whose music Honey Bee is the the theme tune and the incidental music to our podcast Uh, find that and huge amounts more incidental music at incompetech.com all of which is available under a Creative Commons licence uh, on the internet, uh, as I often say, it's mostly Graham at Sunny Sixteen Podcast uh, for Instagram. Uh, mostly me on Twitter at Sunny Sixteen Podcast, and both of us and others as well on the Flickr group Sunny Sixteen Podcast. Dare I ask, Graham, have we had any email this week or any Facebooking? Uh, no, no, all quiet on the Western Front there. But you know what they say: no news is good news, or at least no news is nothing that I have to do to respond to it. So it's all good. Okay, that's, that's grand. It's not a motto for many social networking companies, <laughs> <laughs> but that'll that'll do. And uh, and of course, last but uh, ever so not least, uh, uh, have we had any new iTunes reviews this week? Uh, no, no, no new iTunes reviews this week. Um, uh, uh, I'll be honest, I only ever check um, us and the United States and occasionally Canada just to see if anybody's um, chucked another one up there. Um, but no, nothing up there. But yeah, as I've said before, if you live in some country other than those two and you have left us a review, please do let us know um, so we can thank you. But it seems pretty unlikely. It is a big wide world out there and there are a lot of iTunes stores and it's, it's not easy, as I understand it, which is very poorly, to check all of them. Um, so. No, it's it's not easy. You, you'd think iTunes would make it a bit simpler to know whether anybody was listening to your podcast, but no, they do not. Ah, well, <laughs> such is life. Maybe we should pay them. Right, okay. And, uh, well, I think that probably brings us to the end of this show then. Uh, so, uh, nice, quiet show. Just me and you this week, uh, but loads and loads to talk about. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to it all. Uh, We will see you next week, or we will speak to you next week anyway, and hopefully we will uh, be in touch on the internet as everybody's posting their selfies. So take care and see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. was a very enlightening talk this weekend have you been practicing that <laughs> <laughs> everyone loved puns <laughs>